The front lines of the COVID-19 pandemic include a long list of characters, from healthcare professionals to grocery store workers to truck drivers. But there's also an army of girls and young women doing their part to help the nation through this challenging time. In fact, for more than 100 years, the Girl Scouts have been pitching in during all kinds of crises. I'm George Bodarki, and this is Cityscape. Meredith Mascara is the Chief Executive Officer of the Girl Scouts of Greater New York. I recently talked with her via Zoom about the organization's long-standing tradition of helping out in times of turmoil. Meredith, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. Thank you so much for having us and telling our story during this crazy time. Yeah, so how has the coronavirus pandemic impacted the Girl Scouts? Uh, The same way I think it's impacted every organization, Um, you know, Girl Scouts of Greater New York is a 107-year-old organization. We're the oldest and the largest girl-serving organization in New York City. We currently serve over 32,000 girls in the five boroughs. Uh, That work is supported by over 7,000 volunteers. So that's a huge footprint uh, uh, and family footprint and extended family footprint of of what our community extends to. You know, we, we focus on leadership programs and And through those 107 years, Girl Scouts pivots. You know, there's been world wars, there's been, uh, you know, natural disasters, uh, there's been, uh, you know, very traumatic events here in New York City. And every time, Girl Scouts are called to action. And that's what we do. We make the world a better place through community service and through leadership. And this time is like no other, but yet at the same time, it's like all of those other times. Girls are thinking about solutions that they can solve in their community. Our volunteers are figuring out how they can best keep the sense of community and belonging uh, and, uh, and consistency in girls' lives and mentorship, which is so important, and always focusing on the future. What solutions do we come up with that can solve a problem today, but are sustainable and will continue to move our, our city forward and the girls' leadership forward? Now, that being said, how are you specifically responding to the outbreak here in the greater New York area? So we immediately uh, pivoted our programs to a virtual platform. Girls in STEM and our Girl Leadership STEM programs have gone uh, hand in hand for a number of years now. And of course, we're serving Gen Z who were born into technology. These girls know this stuff, right? They know it better than you and I do for the most part. Uh, And, you know, being able to put our programs on and connect with them and make sure that we go where they are has been integrated into a lot of our programs as we've led up to this situation. But, you know, an immediate pivot, and especially for a nonprofit, can be very, very challenging with the footprint that we we have, but our team uh, is incredibly innovative and our girls are so connected through Girl Scouting that our volunteers and girls embrace this new platform. We see uh, virtual meetings, troop meetings happening all across every borough and all the different zip codes on a weekly basis. Uh, We see girls figuring out how they can bring their communities together virtually and teach the things that they're learning in Girl Scouts to others. We're, we're seeing how the programs that we do actually are helping subsidize uh, the work that's being presented from schools and the Department of Ed. Um, you know, parents need to be able to fill an entire day with programming and with activities. So we're extending our virtual program, not just for Girl Scouts and their membership, but to all girls and their families across New York City, because it's a time for solutions. It's a time for new habits to be created. It's a time for um, new leadership to take place in households with all of our new uh, activities. So this isn't something that's limited just to Girl Scouts right now. We're making sure that we expand this platform and offer it to any girl and their families. 
I know that some troops across the nation have been helping out by making masks to fill those shortages. Are troops here in this area doing that as well? Yes, and actually they're, you know, the same way that we step up in so many creative ways, uh, they're doing more than just that. So, you know, this, this identifying problems in a community, uh, solving it together, and then taking action on it. That is every single step of what Girl Scouting is and it does in every single badge. So it's very habitual to girls to do that. And we've seen girls, you know, the, making masks, uh, creating, uh, creating, you know, ways to do call trees to support frontline volunteers uh, and frontline medical workers. Um, as you can imagine, with a volunteer base as large as ours, we have a lot of volunteers who are on the front line. So reaching out and supporting them. We have girls who are creating, you know, cards and happy messages and uh, sending those to hospitals. So when people come to their shifts, they see positivity and they see encouragement from their communities that they're, that they're working in. Uh, and I think one of the biggest impacts that we've seen, of course, is with our cookie program. This crisis hit directly in the middle of our largest business, business and entrepreneurship program. Uh, many customers know this program for our cookies because who doesn't love Girl Scout cookies? Oh yeah, Thin Mints, come on. <laughs> <laughs> we, we all have our favorites. New York, New York City, our, our Samoas, nationwide Thin Mints are the favorite. But what, what a lot of customers don't realize is the business and entrepreneurship program that's behind, behind this cookie sale. You know, when you think about a five-year-old who has a business model, um, is able to upsell a customer, makes change, knows customer care, customer service, manages her own inventory, uh, learns business, business ethics, and now she has the opportunity to build a digital platform for her cookies. Because when these girls go out and start their own business in the next five, 10 years, most likely it will have an online component. And Girl Scouting has been ahead of that curve, teaching young women what an online store looks like, how you do your messaging, how you count your, your open rates, how you market your product. And with the cookie program, we were able to pivot this program. We obviously had to cancel all in-person sales. Girls and volunteer safety is number one. So all of the girls have access to their digital platform. They can sell cookies on it. They can reach their goals. They can make the money. All money for cookie sales stays local here in New York City. So it's going to support the troops and their leadership programs. And most important, we have a donation portion for our cookies. So if, if there are people out there, and there are, who don't want the cookies themselves, they can donate them. And we have a partnership with New York City Health and Hospitals where every single package of donated cookies is being delivered into the hands of frontline workers, nurses, medical staff, uh, doctors, nursing homes, and the meals that are going home to all of their families. Now you right support now, donated thousands of boxes, right? We have six, over 60,000 boxes of cookies that have been donated. Um, and we know this is, a, this is an effort we have to sustain. This isn't something that we just can do now. Uh, so we're keeping our digital cookie sale open through the end of May so that individuals and people who want to be able to support both Girl Scouts and frontline medical workers can do that by going online and donating cookies. Girl Scout cookies, no doubt our comfort food, right? Absolutely. You know, and it's one box is one serving. I don't know if I'm legally allowed to say <laughs> that. Everyone knows that one box equals one serving. So. <laughs> How many varieties are there now of Girl Scout cookies? Um, we have eight, uh, eight different varieties. Uh, we have gluten-free cookies. We have vegan cookies. 
um, we have cookies that satisfy everybody's needs. So, you know, you can't, you can't go wrong. <laughs> What's your favorite? Uh, Thin Mints were always my favorite, uh, but I have to say, as I've gotten older, like opening a box of Tagalongs, that peanut oh. butter chocolate mix, um, and again, it's like, it's like one candy bar, you open it, you eat it, and... Uh, You're making <laughs> me hungry right now, Meredith. You're making me hungry. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll, we'll, get you, we'll get you some cookies. <laughs> this is a tough time for all of us, but how are you making sure the girls themselves are getting the emotional support they need at this time? Yeah, it's significantly important, uh, both for our volunteers, our girls, and the families. Uh, so with our online platform, we have, we have social workers on staff, and they are delivering programs that are specific to girls, uh, specific to their families of how we're coping. So everything that's dealing with, um, with you know, the despair, uh, the disruption, uh, trauma, because I think we all have to have to admit that this is traumatic to all of us. We're doing a series of programs. They're available to listen to. You can do live webinars with our with our social workers, or you can go on and use all of the resources uh, that we have on there. It is so important. And mental health has always been significantly important to us in our programming, girls' mental health. Uh, and this is just another way for us to highlight that work that has always taken place within the uh, the fabric of our programs and bringing it to the forefront, recognizing how important that work is right now. You referenced the badges earlier, Meredith, that girls can still earn their badges. Let's talk about awards and badges. How many are there in the Girl Scouts and how do you earn them? Sure, that's a, that's a big, broad question. <laughs> there are... <laughs> There are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of badges. Um, what's great about how we classify them is we have pillars that we focus on. So STEM, business and entrepreneurship, environmental leadership, and personal leadership. And within each of those categories, uh, for every age group, so kindergarten all the way through uh, 12th grade and high school, girls can have progressive learning um, and experimental learning. So we really are, are pulling those leadership programs outside of a traditional learning model. Uh, we love disruptive learning, like camp is such a great way of disruptive learning. Um, everybody who's had a camp experience remembers it, and they usually remember it because it was so different from what they do in their everyday life. And all of our badge work follows that. It's girl-led. Our girls choose the path that they want to take uh, in, any of those, in any of those journeys. So let's talk about like STEM, for instance. We have girls as young as, as five who start cybersecurity badges at five years old, learning about the, the, uh, the logistics of cybersecurity, what it means, the theories behind it. And then as they progress, by the time they're in, in fifth grade, sixth grade, and then in high school, they're putting those theories to practice. And they're actually working on all of that. We have girls starting to code as young as, as five. Um, it becomes the, all of those hard skills then become habitual through how we bring it into the soft skills. And of course, we create that space, that all girl space, where you know we're not at a place yet where girls feel comfortable raising their hand in a classroom that's uh, that's mixed gender. And with the mentors and the support that's there, it gives them that courage, confidence, and character to be able to take those skills out. Our highest award is the gold award, and that is, uh, that is the highest achievement that a girl can, can achieve in any youth program. It's an incredibly rigorous program, and uh, it, so when you're in high school, you can choose to take that path. It requires over 80 hours of, uh, of a dedicated project for community, uh, community service, and it's not just a project that you do and you're one and done. The project has to be uh, 
uh, executed so that it has a sustainable footprint for after the girl moves on. And that is all about this making the world a better place and passing things down to other girls and to your community and leaving a footprint behind. It's all about the sustainability. What can you tell me about your leadership institute? This is an incredible program that's specific here to New York City. We developed it uh, in response to the needs of our older girls. It serves girls sixth grade through 12th grade. And we know as an organization that we see, um, generally see a drop off in, uh, in the ability to participate at that time because of girls' schedules and life changes and also the way that our public schools work where they're switching middle schools and then switching into high schools. 70% of the girls that we serve are from low to moderate income households. So a lot of the girls um, in the public school system aren't getting that kind of leadership or college track support or workforce pipeline support that they should be getting uh, or getting the exposure to uh, business opportunities and, uh, and career opportunities. They may not be seeing women who look like themselves in those positions. So what we've done is we've created this, uh, this leadership institute, and again, it's sixth grade through 12th grade, where girls choose the track. And right now, we currently have uh, tracks in STEM, business and entrepreneurship, and advocacy. When we polled girls in New York City a few years ago, we found out that advocacy was their number one reason for wanting to remain in Girl Scouts at an older age because they wanted to identify as activists and advocates and they thought Girl Scouting was what defined that. So literally in our, in our advocacy program, girls work uh, with professionals, uh, campaign professionals, to build out a campaign. Uh, they learn how to run for office, the, the ins and outs of public, of public office, and how to serve their communities. Uh, in the STEM program, girls are going everything from coding, coding their own sites, presenting a business model. Um, we have a robotics program that's also involved uh, with that. And then in business and entrepreneurship, girls develop an entire business plan, uh, and they develop a website around that. They pitch, it's sort of like Shark Tank. They, they pitch their ideas to professionals within the community to get real feedback. Um, Girl Scouts creates grit and resilience. And the, the pro, this program in particular exposes girls to what it really takes to get into those positions or to break glass ceilings. And then a, a really important part of this program, which we're uh, navigating through right now, are workplace visits. Uh, every girl has the opportunity, and not just to go and spend an hour or so and walk around and tour an office. Many of the girls, as you can imagine, don't have exposure to walking into an office building uh, and going up into a boardroom and seeing the, the possibilities that are at a, at a place like Bank of America. It's not just bank, it's not just money. There's, uh, there's creativity, there's innovation, there's HR, there's all of these other pathways. So we, we immerse girls into workplaces so that they can see female leadership, they can see the opportunities that are there, and then they can clearly see and understand the path of how to get from where they are now to those positions. Uh, we do the same thing with educational institutions, exposing girls to high schools, exposing girls to colleges, taking them to those physical locations, showing them that they belong there, and then showing them the steps of how they get there. And this Leadership Institute is an entire year-long program. Uh, so it's, like I said, it's not a one-and-done kind of thing. That being said, I can't help to think how much this organization must have evolved in the last 100 plus years that it's been in existence in terms of the programming and lessons that it's teaching girls and young women. 
it's evolved a lot. I found a lot of humor lately uh, in those evolutions uh, myself going, why didn't I ever get my sewing badge as I'm trying to make a mask, right? <laughs> like, um, there's, you know, incredible, incredible evolution. It's the responsiveness uh, and the relevance to the generation that we're serving uh, has always been the focus of Girl Scouts. Uh, we, we use the, when we form a program, it's always by girls for girls. If we are not listening uh, to the actual needs of girls, it's not for us to decide what we think they need. It is for them to tell us where the shortfalls are in their community, in society, in the government, that we can then go in and, and, and help them navigate with what we do know. But, you know, the evolution, it always started when Juliet Gordon Lowe first started the organization. It was to show girls that there were other opportunities outside of the household, that there were careers, that there was education, uh, and that there were you know, rigorous activities, and it was about camping and outdoor and life skills. Um, and that has never changed. We're always making sure that now if it's outside of the household, then it's not just in the office, but what are those roles in the office and what are those leadership roles? It's always pushing them uh, to see that next step and to see the the ambition. Uh, I talked to many senior executives who are who were Girl Scouts, and they say that Girl Scouting is the first place that taught them to be ambitious, that it was okay, and gave permission. And I think what we find now is that we have a generation in this Gen Z that doesn't, they're not asking for permission. And I find that as a Gen Xer, like, so it's, it's like liberating to see young women who aren't timid to ask they're not stepping around a question they're facing things head on they're expecting when they get into a workplace that it will be diverse that they will have equal pay that they will have the same opportunities as anybody else um, and they're demanding it and it's no longer about asking or 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 trying to squeak your way in this generation is really fierce and they're going to change things so meredith you were a girl scout yourself I still am. I'm a third generation Girl Scout. Uh, I went all the way through. I am a Gold Award Girl Scout as well. And I have five daughters, uh, age five through 16, who are all Girl Scouts. Uh, so it's, it's in my blood. I bleed yeah. green, as they say. So what would you say were the greatest lessons you learned when you were a little girl? That it takes more than just you. Working and collaborating, um, having support, having people who you lean on, creating that squad. Uh, you know, the troop model is very much about that, about having other people who fill your gaps. Some of my, my absolute best friends are the girls that I grew up doing Girl Scouting with. Uh, we, we still stay connected. Uh, there's a bond there of experiences that we had um, that in front of that group, you can fail. You can fall flat on your face. And they're going to be the ones who are there to pick you up and to say, all right, we learned some things. Let's try it again. And I see that now with girls uh, tackling really, really complex situations that are out more in the open, you know, when it comes to equity uh, and diversity, they're, they're taking, like I said, head on. But like on a robotics team, we have these incredibly, we actually have world championship Girl Scout robotics team. The things they talk about, they talk about that failure. They talk about just not winning. They talk about because then they have to solve the problem and they don't solve it alone. They solve it together and they know that everybody has something to offer. So it's, it's just such a good, perfect example of a microcosm of when diversity and inclusion work 
the successes that you can have. You touched on your summer camp. Now, summer camp season is rapidly approaching. You have a camp in Dutchess County, right? We do. We have a 425-acre camp that I'm walking to be at right now. Yeah, what's that environment like in Dutchess? It is, so it's, it's a 425 uh, oasis. And the significance of us, we're the only 100% urban Girl Scout Council in the country. So most of the time, 50% of the girls that go there have never been outside of the city. Uh, I've had experiences where I've taken girls there and they've never not walked on a sidewalk. They've literally never gone off the beaten path, right? Um, looking up at the stars at night and seeing them and learning about them. It's, uh, it opens up an entirely new world. And of course, that camp experience of, of collaboration and learning absolutely new skills, you know, and survival skills and building a fire and building, uh, building shelter um, and learning how to make your lunch on a trail uh, and how to do it with people that you necessarily don't know. These are new people and, and what that means to, to actually work together. Um, boating, you know, I, I, all of the things, swimming, 70% of the girls that go there from New York City have never, have never been in a pool before or had the opportunity to learn how to swim. So these are, these are those, those programs that are just so significant. And of course, environmental leadership. We're talking about a generation that is so focused on environmental sustainability and we're exposing them to week long adventures and two, three weeks where they can be out there and then bring that sustainability back here to the city and apply it in their community garden, on their rooftop garden, in their homes and in their schools. Um, as you can imagine, we're, we're making many changes as necessary by following uh, you know, state guidelines right now as to what this can look like. Uh, it is a significantly important facet to the Girl Scouting program. Yeah, I was going and, to ask you, how hopeful are you that you can provide that camping experience this year? I think we're going to have to be pretty innovative in, in how we do that. Again, looking at uh, how, we can, how we can get together um, whether we can uh, meet in person, whether it will be, we're, we're bringing nature moments from our camp to our virtual platform now so people can go on and, and take a hike around camp and get to see uh, the, the changes that are happening in spring. Um, you know, and I think that we really have to be innovative when it comes to that. Uh, there's, there's a legitimate uh, necessity this summer for parents, um, you know, who have been home doing the homeschooling when we do return to work, uh, what that looks like and what summer childcare looks like. Uh, again, the majority of the, of the people that we serve are in need of childcare when they, when they go to work. So, you know, looking at partnerships within the city and within, you know, Dutchess County of how we can make sure that we supplement uh, summer learning loss uh, and especially uh, then exposed to iron environmental leadership uh, programming it's, it's a number one priority right now as we navigate through these next few weeks and make these decisions. Are there any other things that troops are missing out on in terms of upcoming trips or things like that that you're having to put on hold? You know, all of our in-person year-end uh, celebrations that happen, uh, we normally have a gold award ceremony, which we celebrate uh, the almost 100 girls that, are, that have earned their top achievements. Uh, it is very, it's very hard for them not to, the same way that they're not having graduations at school. 
uh, the disappointment that comes to that. So we're shifting that into virtual ways that we can honor the work that these girls have done in their communities. Uh, every troop has what's called a bridging ceremony. Uh, and it's part of Girl Scout tradition where every year at a certain age, you move up to the next level and you cross a bridge uh, and you move to that next level. Um, I, I work with volunteers now on a weekly basis. I hold a, a live webinar to hear back from them, lift their best practices of what they're doing. And we're looking to, to solve that to say, how can we, how can we bring everybody together virtually and celebrate these girls as they move to the next level uh, to make sure that they feel like they've, they've had closure on this year. Uh, and I think, I think one of the biggest things, I mean, obviously our robotics teams haven't been able to compete. Um, our camp activities, you know, everything has had the disruption. Uh, and I think the, what's most challenging, because again, these girls and these volunteers, we're so persistent and we persevere and we're resilient and we're all of that, but we're still human. And it's the human contact. Um, it's the ideas when I've had to say to girls and troop leaders, I love that idea and you're right, that's the right problem to solve, but you can't do it because of your safety right now. And to, to restrict where usually we are like, go for it. Um, it's hard. It's really hard because it's all in the right vein. It's all in the right nature. And it all comes from their natural instinct as a Girl Scout to just really want to make change and create change. Uh, so I know it's hard for them to, uh, to hear no and to, to do it, but it's also pushed them to innovate in new ways where they, where they can make the impact. Are you still in need of troop leaders and volunteers at this point in time? Are you recruiting? We are still recruiting. Um, we absolutely need uh, volunteers and, and troop leaders. Um, I'll talk a little bit about Troop 6000, which is our, our troop that we have that serves uh, over 500 girls uh, and more than 300 women in the shelters in New York City. Um, they are having a, dealing with a bunch of different challenges, as you can imagine, uh, just due to the logistics of living in shelters during this time. And we do want to make sure that we can support them in, in, in ways uh, because of Wi-Fi connections, uh, the schooling is hard, the falling back on some, some learning. So we're looking to expand our mentor base that can help with regular schoolwork to make sure that these girls do not fall behind. Um, we are always looking for uh, uh, mentors who will come in and for our leadership institute to talk to girls especially now that we're not bringing them physically into a workplace to talk about their own leadership journey and what that looks like um and you know the reality is this also hit during one of our biggest fundraising times our gala would have been may 4th mm -hmm. and we've switched that to a virtual platform so there are a number of ways that uh that we're we're pivoting this to make sure that we also have uh, you know, volunteers who are out there expanding their networks, talking about the work that we do, understanding the importance of, I think we, you know, we, we know how important female leadership is. Uh, and at a time like this, I think we, we see how, you know, and question what would it be if there were more leaders that were females right now during this time? Uh, and we want to make sure that we secure that for the future. And that is, uh, that's done through our, our fundraising. All of these programs exist because of individual and corporate donors uh, and foundations that, that support us. If we were to look to the Girl Scouts for some advice to help us, those of us who are not Girl Scouts, to get through this trying time, what would that be for us? I always turn to uh, the Girl Scout laws. It's, uh, it's my daily mantra. Um, it's many of our girls' daily mantra as well. Uh, and it's, I will do my best to be honest and fair, friendly and helpful, considerate and caring, courageous and strong, 
responsible for what I say and do, respect myself and others, respect authority, use resources wisely, and make the world a better place and be a sister to every Girl Scout. Wow, that's fantastic. I got a little bit of the goosebumps there, Meredith. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's all we all need to do. It's, it's that simple. As you mentioned, this is a 100-year-plus organization, and this is an organization that has stepped up during other times of crisis. Any other moments in history specifically that you can point to where Girl Scouts sprung into action? I know there was some action during the Spanish flu pandemic in 1918, right? Yes, yes, there was. Uh, there was also, you know, in, in World War II, uh, girls uh, started doing nursing um, at, when they when they get to a certain age and, and went front line uh, to do nursing and to provide um, Obviously, we know like Rosie the Riveters and things like that. Girls were learning new skills uh, and Girl Scouting was teaching and exposing girls to all of that. Uh, I will say that, you know, during uh, our, our constant battle with uh, with equal rights, girls have always been on the front line uh, for civic engagement, getting voters registered, making sure that women have the vote and that women are out by babysitting. And they were they were when, when women first won the, the vote, um, were lining up to, to make sure that women could get to 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 vote. You know, here in New York locally, when Hurricane Sandy hit, New York City Girl Scouts were hit hard. Uh, in different locations and troops were unable to meet. And what, what happened were, was areas that were not New York City came in to help and girls in New York City would support other troops. We replenished um, programs and badges and, and had people go to different locations. Uh, whenever there's been um, in the recent bout of, of hurricanes in Texas and in Puerto Rico, as a Girl Scout movement, we've pivoted fundraising and projects. Uh, again, it's, it's always just answering the call of what can we do to support. When women support each other, great things happen. Meredith, thanks so much for your time. Thank you. You have a great day. Stay safe and healthy. Meredith Mascara is the Chief Executive Officer of the Girl Scouts of Greater New York. And that's it for this week's Cityscape. Our music is courtesy of Blue Dot Sessions. I'm George Boldarki. Thanks for listening. <laughs>